Hello everyone and welcome to the 17th episode of Encrypted. My name is Ahmed Al Balaghi. Encrypted is a podcast that is dedicated to guiding you through the blockchain and crypto universe. And this week I have my co-host with me Anika Jindal who's been missing for a couple of weeks. Say hello. Hello everyone. I'm glad to be back at Encrypted. I know I've been missing for a couple of weeks as we were working on something very interesting and that we're going to be sharing in this episode as well. So, Ahmad, do you want to introduce the, today's topic for the episode? Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about non-fungible tokens, um, also known as NFTs, the abbreviation. And today we'll, we're going to be exploring exactly what NFTs are. We want to be explaining them in very layman terms. We want to see the use cases that NFTs have, as well as seeing the real-life uh, applications that people are currently working on and that people are currently using um, and seeing as well why they are important um, in this industry. So Anika, she's been working on NFTs for the past, I think, couple of months. Um, and yeah, it's been like four months now. Yeah. Um, and so we thought, you know what, why not actually dedicate a episode to it um, to basically um, educate others about what NFTs are and, and what's going on in this niche space in the crypto market. So, Anika, do you want to go on and basically explain what a non-fungible token is? Explain it like you're, you know, explaining it to your grandmother. Yeah, sure. Of course, I'm going to explain it in very layman ways. I think before explaining the non-fungible tokens, we should address the elephant in the room. Like we should first make it very clear what it means by fungibility or what do you mean by fungible tokens or something that's fungible. So, so, so guys, the fungible tokens or fungible items or fungible products mean something that is completely identical. So for example, if I exchange a dollar bill with Ahmed right now, so the intrinsic value of two dollar bills will be similar. So if Ahmed gives me $1 and I, I give him one in return $1 back, it means one and the same thing. He won't be having a different dollar value for that note that I give it to him. So both the two dollars will be very identical. So this is what we mean by fungible tokens or fungible items. Something that can be identical and that can be replaced with each other. Now comes the non-fungible items or non-fungible products or non-fungible tokens. So non-fungible tokens are something that are totally different from each other. So it means that... Uh, if I share $1 to Ahmed right now and he gives his $1 to me, it means like both the $2 bill will be totally different. And now you guys must be thinking, how does it make sense? And how can any country survive with all the non-fungible items or non-fungible tokens or non-fungible bills? You're right, of course. Like for a currency, it doesn't make any sense because the economy of the country can never work with something non-fungible. But if you talk of other applications such as gaming worlds, such as collectibles, such as real estate and a lot of other applications that we've been seeing right now in this space, non-fungible tokens and items have a lot of use cases. And uh, yeah, this is what we're going to be exploring in this episode. Yeah, so I, I guess to piggyback, to piggyback on your analogy of the $1 bill, so exactly, fungible fungibility is where one dollar bill is identical to the other i would also say that for so for for similar analogy for non-fungible products i always think of you know two apples 
Um, so you look at, for yeah. example, two green apples, right? They're both green apples, but one is probably bigger than the other. And they're not identical to each other. Like you can't replace one with the other. And so, you know, with a, but with a dollar bill, you could easily, you know, give one dollar bill for the other and nobody would care. But with an apple, maybe, you know, your brother or your friend would care that he gets the bigger apple. And, but the idea is that the two apples or maybe the two oranges or the two lemons or the two different products um, that have essentially sort of the same characteristics, but they differ um, on sort of a couple of things. Um, that's where sort of non-fungibility comes in. And also, I think the most common example and the, you know, that you see every day is human beings. Like yeah, we all exactly. are totally different. We, we are non-fungibles. Yeah. We I are. cannot replace Ahmed and Ahmed. Even like people going to be talking about twins, even though people are twins, but they do have a lot of different characteristics and they can't replace each other. So you can, you can imagine non-fungible tokens as, you know, digital avatars of human beings that cannot be you know, identical. Yeah, exactly. I definitely say robots are fungible until they start developing emotions and actually have a brain. To oh yeah, themselves. that's going to take ages. <laughs> yeah, that'll take that'll take a long time. Um, so to basically get back on on the NFT track. Um, so just a quick uh, uh, like history background regarding NFTs. It's not something um, that is totally new. Um, it has been introduced um, before around around 1994 by David Charm, but it only came into sort of existence and people actually working on it around 2013 when the concept of colored coins came about. And then when um, Counterparty, the protocol was on Bitcoin um, and that was further explored. And now it kind of gained more traction in in 2017 and and this year since the um, ERC721 standard, which we'll go on to a bit more. Um, basically allowed for applications like crypto kitties, um, which we'll also <laughs> explore in a bit more detail. Right. I, I totally, uh, I'm recalling that moment in December when every when our social media websites and social media channels were flooded with crypto kitties and everyone was just talking about, you know, what is this new thing? What is this new cat thing? Do you remember Ahmed in December uh, when there was huge uh, congestion in the Ethereum network and transactions used to take hours to complete so that that was because of crypto kitties actually that that created crazy. a huge buzz in the ethereum community and a new standard was developed at that time and post that december we have seen a lot of innovations a lot of creativeness in this industry now you see different games on non-fungible tokens you see you know a lot of different uh, physical assets being associated with it so yeah yeah the yes. past six seven months have been the months of innovation on nfts I totally agree. And the, the, just the concept of crypto kitties is, is just hilarious because um, when it was developed, nobody like thought it would gain the, the traction that it, it did. So um, just to give a bit, a bit of background, crypto kitties um, is a game that was developed by a Canadian company called daps.com. And essentially it allows the, the buying and breeding of digital cats. So the idea is that I own this cat and I'm the only one in this world who owns this cat. And therefore this cat is rare and I'm the one who, um, who essentially owns it. Um, and then when you start breeding these digital cats with 
other digital cats that other people own, then you have this sort of, you know, super cat. Um, and then what, what would tend to happen is these people would start selling these rare cats um, on the Crypto Kitties website, which which basically meant that so many people actually selling these digital rare cats for a huge amount of money. Um, I'm not sure what the record was for a digital cat. Maybe the record 20, right now for, yeah. for the most expensive cat is 140,000 US dollars. 140,000 US dollars. There you go. Yeah, that's just for like virtual cat. It's quite funny, actually. The concept behind CryptoKitty and the idea behind it was, you know, if you just Google the most search video online, yeah. you're always going to find a video of cat. So these uh, people yeah. thought of, Thought of why not to have a, a game based on rare cats because I don't know people around the world love to see videos of cats. They would definitely embrace uh, something that's scarce and digital, and that mm -hmm. they can have hundred percent ownership of. And they started uh, this million dollar company called Crypto Kitties. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's crazy. I I definitely um, I definitely buy into the idea that uh, people do actually value these you know, not only rare items, but now, nowadays it's digital rare items where um, even online where people actually go, um, even like with traditional products where you have people actually, um, you know, videoing themselves and they have their fans online and their fans, you know, gift them digital flowers or digital cars. These are all, you know, sort of digital collectibles, um, which do have value. The difference is, I, I think we're going to, we're going to talk more about it later on. The difference is that, you know, on NFTs, it's a decentralized approach to digital collectibles, whereas the traditional products, it's all a centralized approach. Um, and I think why this is really important for this industry, especially in the concept of digital items and collectibles, is if you were to recall Vitalik Buterin, who's a creator of Ethereum. He said one of the reasons why he actually got into the Bitcoin and blockchain space was because he was, you know, since childhood playing World of Warcraft. And until one day in 2010, Vitalik's character had some properties that was um, changed due to a update on, on the platform. And he actually cried himself to sleep, to sleep that night because he realized how horrible centralized um, services can be and so the idea is that if I have a digital collectible that is you know on a platform that is centralized you know I don't really fully own it and the idea is that those you know the platform could change any property but with a, a collectible that is on a decentralized platform nobody could change a property unless I sort of want to change it so I think you know that 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 difference is really important um, and hence makes an NFTs become also more important in in the applications that, that, that it can be used for. Yeah, totally agree. And I recall uh, that speech uh, given by Vitalik regarding, you know, the implementation of NFTs and, you know, the most use cases that we can find of NFTs is in the gaming industry because mm -hmm. that's the industry that suffers the most because of centralization as yeah. uh, it's, it's a billion dollar industry and, you know, you work your your ass off, you know, getting some uh, collectibles or skins, and the next day you find okay, the, the creator of the game has you know you know vanished or you know discarded that that skin that you can't even own like yeah. one month or something, and the next day it just disappears, you know, out mm -hmm. of nowhere. So 
that you know the gaming industry is the biggest one that's going to be embracing nfts in the coming future and i think the kind of the digital scarcity and that's what nft concept is all be, all based on is something not very new it can be traced from the history as well i still recall my mother collecting post stamps and mm-hmm. uh, you know some clippings from the newspapers because at that time that used to be scarce that yeah. used to be something of prestige and even my childhood i used to collect pokemon cards and you know cricket cards as i used to be a big fan of cricket so that cards and that uh, you know pokemon cards used to be very scarce and mm-hmm. i used to work hard and used to try all my effort and all my free time collecting those cards yeah now a lot of analysts and a lot of people and a lot of experts and influencers think that uh in the coming next 10 years people going to be spending most of the time in the digital and virtual world yeah because the real world is going to be very boring and so it makes sense for anyone to collect and start collecting things digitally because what that that's what that's what going to happen in the future like people spending almost or the entire day of in the virtual or digital world then collecting or doing something in the digital world totally makes sense Yeah so stuck up on your crypto kitties i guess right <laughs> yeah. yeah um so regarding gaming um we mentioned that a few times so what exactly are the um other applications in gaming so one we have our digital collectibles is there oh, yeah else? we have a lot of other games we have uh, gods and chain and that's very famous in china right now so you know like role playing games where you have to buy different weapons different mm-hmm. skins now you can basically in a very layman terms uh, i think everyone knows counter strike and dota those are the most popular games you know everyone must have played it so for example let's say you buy a gun in counter strike and you can use the same gun in dota mm-hmm. so it's basically That's- using collectibles from a game to a different game Or, yeah because yeah. the entire games on the platform will be based the underlying technology will be same erc721 or nep5 or some other blockchain on on which the nft is going to be based on so i think i'm getting very technical on this so currently okay. i'll just uh, simplify it so currently the standard that has been most commonly used in the market is erc721 or erc1155 because uh that was developed pretty early in 2017 and it's pretty easy to make games or nfts on it But having said that doesn't mean that there won't be any other standards for nfts mm-hmm. so i know like neo one chain zilliqa the, these all blockchains are also working on creating their own standards of nfts so okay. in coming one or two years you might see a nft standard based on neo or an nft standard based on one chain or extra and that means so uh, they're going to be uh, different games on different blockchains okay and uh, mm-hmm. you might find you know a, a project or something that creates a bridge between all these blockchain and having one platform where you can trade all the nfts all together i know zero xert is doing something like this okay i i also think um another application within games is okay not only can weapons and skins be moved from game to game but also um players profiles as well so their records exactly. can be transferred between games like their you know scoreboards achievements um points referrals uh, you know 
they they're not siloed between one game from a different game. It's you know it could be consistent. It's like a consistent identity that is built in this digital realm across um, different games. Yeah, totally. Uh, I think that's something that you might see in the coming few years. Uh, totally happening, and people won't even come to know whether it's happening on blockchain or the normal technology. Yeah. Okay. And so, all right. Other than um, games, what about um, other applications? Have you come across different applications? So right now, we've been discussing only about uh, digital applications, something that's created uh, virtually and uh, you know implementing, implemented and used virtually. Apart from virtual world. We can also use NFTs in the real world. So we can connect physical assets with these tokens and create a marketplace for them as well. But physical assets can also be linked with NFTs to save okay. a lot of paperwork, to save a lot of contracts and to save a lot of you know hassles. For example, the most common example or most viable example, I think, that can work in this area is the real estate because every building is different. Every land is different. And, okay. Uh, it's it's finite it's not infinite so we can represent uh, lands or nfts so you can have different uh, representation of different lands on different tokens mm-hmm. but the problem with linking physical assets is that uh, there comes a regulation so yeah. you can't just uh, you know link any real estate or any island on nft then you yeah. have to pass through a lot of regulations or you know like a lot of hassles so that's why all the application that we've been seeing currently is all based on digital and virtual goods because you don't need uh, that many regulations for that and that's easily easily implementable as well. Yeah. So moving forward, once we have a proper rules and regulations and proper you know guidebook to link non-fungible tokens with physical assets, uh, we will see a lot of applications in the real world. Let's say real estate, maybe you know birth certificates or you know school certificates or Something mm-hmm. that, you know, like you, you require uh, something that are different and that require a lot of uh, paperwork. So we can like, of course, uh, use NFT for that. Okay. But that will take time. Yeah, that will take long because of regulation. I mean, just a, uh, just to look at a sort of a sister um, token, um, a token type would be security tokens. Um, and security tokens are by definition sort of regulated. And maybe we could see a hybrid between a security and an NFT coming together where, um, yeah, totally. you know, where I it's regulated. People have already started working on it. Okay. But I don't know when it's going to be live in the public or official because currently people are not really sure about the future of security tokens as well. So. Okay. Um, so, all right. So now we have all these different um you know, non-fungible tokens, you have crypto kitties. Um, I saw something called crypto crystals as well. So where, where are these sort of traded? In the end, they're all tokens. Can it be traded like Bitcoins or Ethereum? I think it's, uh, it's very different because uh, like for Ethereum, you can easily find exchanges like Hobie, Binance, OKX, as all the tokens are similar. So let, let's say you trade five Ethereum with five Bitcoins or I, I just give it to five Ethereum to you, it you can just trade it easily. Mm-hmm. But for NFT, since all the tokens are different, so it, it becomes difficult for an exchange to, to trade it like the normal trading that we do for other coins. So these NFTs are usually, they, they're having their own marketplaces. So the marketplace is more okay. like Amazon or eBay, you know, 
like if you want to find an earphone or something like that you just click on the product on amazon or you just type that you want oh, philips or bose earphones and you get the product so same for nfts or you know all these non fungible tokens erc 721s you go on exchanges and you find your own skin or crypto kitty that you want to you know buy so just type in i want crypto kitty breed 0 then you're going to get different breed 0 crypto kitties and you can just you know like use your ethereum to buy it mm-hmm. so the most common exchanges currently people use to buy all these uh, you know collectibles are opensea and rarebits but uh, these are so like recent exchanges and we are seeing a lot of exchanges coming up uh, yeah. but uh, and also they're facing models of linking these exchanges with the traditional bitcoin exchanges or crypto exchanges uh, so the the space is very new right now and there's a lot of scope on the exchanges part of it if anyone wants want to like is interested in opening an exchange for nft Uh, absolutely so i'm just looking at one of the exchanges called rarebit and i'm not going to lie these crypto kitties are super adorable But anyways um one of the points i wanted to make was on on these platforms as well you could also um sell in bundles so instead of so like one of the biggest issues i i i guess as well in the crypto space is that when you have to let's say when you send a transaction there's always a fee sometimes if the fee of that transaction is more of the value than the underlying thing being transacted then what's the point in actually transacting that um that that underlying asset so what people started doing is um they started actually bundling these different nfts or different assets or different digital assets and they would sell those as one bundle on on this marketplace that Anikit was just talking about so i think that's um also very interesting to um and i think we're going to be seeing more of that going along so yeah we we talked a lot about nfts about the origin about uh, the exchanges about the use cases i think another aspect that we couldn't cover or we didn't cover till now is uh, the storage like how do you mm-hmm. store nfts yeah It's yeah similar. so i think the, the the storage part is pretty similar to normal cryptos uh, as for ethereum tokens you use uh, my ether wallet or metamask those are most uh, popular ones so similar uh, with crypto uh, nfts you can use these wallets and you have to st- set up your own standard like you have to set up nft standard on it erc721 standard on it and you can just save it like you you save normal erc21 tokens okay so what about um hardware wallets yeah i think uh, that's that's something uh, currently not being implemented Okay. Uh, we cannot we can we cannot store these kitties on uh, treasures or ledger till now uh, but uh, i think that's going to be developed pretty soon because i, I was reading some articles that uh, ledger is going to start accepting uh, erc721 pretty soon so maybe in a month or two you can store use hard wallets for that Basically, okay it depends on the demand and supply so currently the demand is increasing Mm-hmm. on a large basis so of course uh, it makes sense for hardware wallets also to you know, set up standards for non fungible tokens okay that's um that's that's prom- that's promising to hear so i guess regarding nfts we've covered quite a bunch in this um in this time to be honest is there anything else that yeah. you want to in share a, with our listeners yeah in a uh, in a nutshell i think we covered uh, basically 
almost everything that you need to know about NFTs. Yeah, I just want to recommend our listeners a few projects that are actually doing a lot of things on NFTs. Okay. So few projects that few projects that started with ERC twenty one token and then they moved on NFTs are you know Decentraland. So mm-hmm. they're creating virtual uh, real estate on NFTs. That's quite interesting. Then we have Loom Network that got pretty popular recently. So they're making a lot of different games on NFTs. Then we have Zero Exert. Uh, I mean these are really good projects that are building a lot on NFTs as well. So zero excerpt is actually it's a plug and play solution for non fungible tokens. So let's say tomorrow Ahmad you want to do something on NFTs and you know you instead of going through the entire uh, ERC721 setup and you know bunch of coding so you can just plug and play some solution provided by zero excerpt and you know make games on it. So yeah so these are the few projects I would you know recommend our listeners to check. Yeah, I'm really interested in hearing a bit more about Decentraland. So essentially they're creating a they're essentially creating real estate in the digital world and selling that real estate to people. Exactly, yeah. Okay. So the the idea behind that is they think as we discussed earlier as well that people are going to be spending a lot of time in the virtual world in the coming 10-15 years. Yeah. So what if you can create your own virtual world and you can you know, buy a real estate over there and use it for maybe earning money or renting purpose or whatever. So in, in a very uh, virtual world, let's say uh, in 10 years, uh, I buy a property in Argentina where I'm going to open a, a crypto cafe or a normal coffee shop. Mm-hmm. So 10 years, I can, I can be in the virtual world. I can operate that shop virtually and I can get paid in this mana tokens that they have created isn't it interesting uh, no that is really cool so essentially now because it's very early on and it's it's basically probably trading at a very low price it would probably be a good time to get in right oh exactly yeah mm. or you can basically uh, you can get a real estate somewhere around the world and you know like think of the future Okay, that's interesting. I mean, of, of course, it's not regulated, so there's a huge risk with this, but um, very interesting experiment for so sure. The, the, so, yeah, just to clarify, the real estate is also virtual. It's not linked with any physical property. So oh, of course, yeah, estate, yeah. You're buying in there, it's all virtual world, so it's not like you have to, you are linking any physical real estate, but it's all virtual real estate. Wow, okay. I mean, uh, you can't. A lot of cool things ideas. are happening in the yeah. world, yeah. Awesome. Great to hear. All right. I think we've covered pretty much everything um, about um, non-fungible tokens. So, Aniket, if people wanted to ask a few more questions about it, how could they get in touch with you? You can find me on LinkedIn or, you know, you can telegram me anytime. And one more thing, Ahmed, I think I forgot to tell our listeners. Uh, so, we are also organizing uh, an NFT conference in January. So, mm-hmm. what we are doing is we are inviting... Uh, all our the upcoming developments and upcoming projects on NFTs and we're going to be conducting a small event where we're going to be talking about the present and the future trends in the industry. Uh, we'll be sharing more details in our, in our social media channels as well. So I just want to you know, tell our listeners that uh, if they want to know more about it, so they, should, they can also look forward to the event that we are doing in January. Yes, can we, can we um, quickly publish the name? Because I think the name of the event is really cool. Oh, yeah. It's called like not the fun- unfungibles. 
Yeah, the unfungibles. Yeah, the unfungibles. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like very similar to the Incredibles. So we have the unfungibles. Awesome. So, guys, thank you very much for listening. If you really like this podcast, please give us a thumbs up, um, give us a rating on um, Apple iTunes, and also leave us um, a review because those reviews and those ratings help the show a lot. And if you like the show, please tell a friend. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll come back to you again next week.